You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. How you doing? I'm feeling fine. Feeling fine. Back to that answer. Feeling fine. That's fine. That's great. Yeah, it is. I think sometimes people expect too much. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like in regards to how they're feeling or in in an answer? In terms of what they expect you to say in response to that. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I think the best way to phrase this is that I'm a self-proclaimed not optimist, right? Uh, I'm not not necessarily a pessimist, you know? I would like to think of myself as a realist, but I just feel like obviously I'm patting myself on the back if I do that. I'm just not an optimist. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't rest in that disposition. Not saying that you're wrong if you do, just saying that's not where I am. So it's not the way I was made. Um, and so people are like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I might say something overly positive just because that's what we do. That's the nicety. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, like a formal. Yeah. Just, right. It's, it's a non meaningful. People you know, aren't actually yeah, yeah. asking. We're just greeting each other. Yeah. It's a greeting. But uh, I feel like the honest answers are, they probably sound kind of middling. Sure. Yeah. But um, I think that's just dandy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're doing just fine. Yeah. I that's feel actually pretty great. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, could be so much worse. Yeah. I have no debilitating illnesses that no. I'm aware of. No. Uh, my family is healthy. Mm-hmm. My wife and I bought a house recently. So, so we're getting, depending on where this falls in the release schedule, we might be in that house. Yeah. Uh, as, as of the recording of this episode, Morgan is the one working very diligently mm-hmm. and industriously mm-hmm. to uh, get the house ready. We need to redo the floors and paint. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, life is good. I'm enjoying school. I just, I feel fine. How are you feeling? I'm all right. Okay, yeah. And that's for me. You know yeah. what? For me, let's translate that to an optimist. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, nothing catastrophic is not a single complaint. Life not a single complaint. I just, you know, I just don't have that along. boisterous disposition. Yeah, there you go. I really do. You know what? I feel like I brought the mood down. <laughs> 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 uh, oh. See, that's that's. I'm buoyant. I'm the you buoy. What's the, the word? Buoyant, buoy, buoy, buoy. Yeah, see, that's that a word hard to I say. I hate how the English say that. <laughs> I like how they say a lot of things. I like how they say sixth instead of sixth. It's a lot of consonants for the Americans to say. But when they say boy instead of buoy, yeah, I don't really like either word. Hey, that's a different podcast. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was recently reminded of a common caricature that is a rected against Protestant Christianity. Oh, yeah? I was, yeah. It, it looks something like this. Okay. You all don't believe in the necessity of good works for salvation. That's the character. Oh, we okay. don't believe in the necessity of good works. Well, the charge is made that, you know, we basically say, hey, you just assent to the reality of Jesus. You know, it's just, just believe and you'll be saved. And that's it. <laughs> that's all That's all it is. That's wow. all it is. And uh, spoiler alert. No, that's not. <laughs> not right. That is a caricature. I'm sure there have been Protestants who have believed in a sort of easy believism. Yeah. But uh, Protestants historically have never believed that. Uh, no. Got some got some twists and turns in store. Oh, yeah, we're going to have fun. All right. No, because historically speaking, Protestants have consistently taught the necessity of good works for salvation. Now, some of you hearing me say that, that might freak some of us out a little bit. You know, red alert going off here. Red yeah, alert. Heresy alert. Yeah. sudden itches of discomfort. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the sweat trickling, you know, record scratch. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, him. Was that the record? <laughs> <laughs> and I understand where if you're just hearing that on the surface, that sounds weird because we do believe in sola fide. We do believe that we are justified 
by faith alone. Mm. And we did a whole episode on that. If you want to listen to that, go back in the catalog. So if that's true, what do we mean when we say that, yes, good works are necessary for salvation? Mm. That Protestants have historically taught that. What's Mm. going on there? You know, well, if you're listening... Glad you asked. Oh, can I ask? Can I ask yet another question? Please do. Stack the inquiries. Yes. Um, (laughs) When we when we say like Protestants have historically thought this or not espoused that, are we like looking at this from like a a high vantage point here? Because I think there are probably many things, especially even in our most recent era, um, where these ideas we take them for granted as like first century biblical doctrine, and they're and they're not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're probably less than a hundred years old. The interpretation of the viewpoint or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So this yes. is like a bird's eye view. Yeah, that's a good question, which is interesting because, I mean, Protestantism itself is only 504 years old. Yeah, 504, you know what I mean? that's specific. Well, that's, I guess, not quite. It'll be 504 years old on October oh, 31st. Having a birthday. 2021. There you go. Depending on how you tabulate it. Um, that's that's <laughs> the day we typically say the Reformation began because right. of that was the day that Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the church door um, mm. in Wittenberg. What a classic. And of course, I mean, it wasn't like the first Protestant church began that day. Oh, right. but. Protestantism, it's it, it's theological development and what it eventually became is roughly that old. Okay. So even that, technically speaking, is not super old. Yeah. Now, see, I'm, we're about to get a little complicated here, but I think it's worthwhile. If you look at what men like Luther and Calvin, who are really kind of the architects of Protestantism mm-hmm. as we know it, when they were writing, they went to great lengths and pains to show we are just continuing the traditions that were handed down from the church fathers. Really? Like, yeah, they went. In fact, if you read, again, I'm jumping around here, but I think it, it is helpful to understand that I'm not pulling this out of thin air and like, oh, this is something from the last, you know, 100 years. But if you look at Calvin's prefatory letter to his institutes, he wrote a letter to King Philip of France because the French were very Uh anti-Protestant. It was just a very strange time. So he wrote a letter to King Philip saying, basically laying out his case to say, at least hear us out. We are not troublers of Israel. I'm going to demonstrate to you through my institutes. We really do believe what the fathers believe and that it is Rome in these last couple hundred years that has departed from what Oh, okay, the church yeah. believed. So believe it or not, actually, like a guy like Calvin quotes liberally from guys like Bernard of Clairvaux, Augustine, Ambrose. They're really, they're reaching back into the lineage. Yes. Here. Okay. To show we're just teaching the same things they taught. You're uh, the ones who have yeah, abandoned that. Yeah. So if you're thinking about it in those terms, my mm. point is, is that Protestantism is a formal body, mm-hmm. which then can be broken down into their five great Protestant traditions, Anglicanism, Baptists, Reform slash Presbyterian, Methodists and congregationalists, maybe. Anyway, someone will have to fact check me on that. Point being, as a formal body and as churches, 500 years, but we do trace our lineage back. What we're saying is we really are just advancing and reclaiming what the church fathers originally taught. Yeah, okay. Of course, and going back to the Bible, like, you know, Sola Scriptura. super helpful. Scripture. Love that. Obviously. So, yeah, so when we say... Protestants have historically taught this. Mm. When we're looking at the formal body, Luther, Calvin, and all the churches that came out of that, they did go to great lengths to say good works are necessary for salvation. They did not dispute that, which was a a charge that Catholics (laughs) at that time especially were fond of bringing up. They were saying, you're just encouraging licentiousness and uh, unholiness. And like, no, no, no. In fact, okay, I know I really am jumping all over the place, all y'all, forgive me. But uh, I just think it's interesting just to go to the point that will enforce the discussion we're about to have. Calvin, when he wrote 
his institutes. He put his section on sanctification and Christian living and piety and good works, he put that before his sections on like justification and grace, <laughs> which is really interesting because if you read most systematic theologies or say like the Westminster Confession, things like that, that's not the order. Mm-hmm. The order is normally like faith and justification and then eventually you get to sanctification and good works. Mm-hmm. He put it at the front. That's interesting. Specifically to answer the charge against oh, Rome that said, okay. you don't care about this. He's like, like let, let me, me get clear. that out of the way yeah. first before I get to justification, which I thought was very interesting of him to do that. So anyway, the church as a whole, if you're looking under the wide umbrella of Protestantism has taught this. Good works are necessary for salvation. So I think to further clarify what we're talking about here, let's take another step back because there's another common misunderstanding slash caricature out there. Of course. Particularly, again, between our Roman cousins and us. Mm. Everyone leaves the poor Eastern Orthodox out. We don't even, we're like, whatever, sorry. (laughs) But um, the misunderstanding or the character goes something like this. Protestants believe that we're saved by faith and Catholics believe that we're saved by works. Mm. I'm guessing most of us probably heard that before, right? Definitely heard that. Yeah, okay, you've heard that. Yeah, I've heard Mm, that. That's a pretty common view that's out there. Um, (laughs) We can call it a view. Yes, um, we can call it that. But that, it's, it's just, it's wrong. Wouldn't you know? It's inc- It's wrong. It's yeah. not right. On basically every level, it's wrong. Wow. It's wrong on the Catholic side and the Protestant side. Mm-hmm. So, in fact, here's a fun experiment. I'm going to read two articles, one from the Catholic Catechism mm-hmm. and one from a Protestant confession. Okay. And let's see if we can guess which came from which. I can't okay. wait to get this wrong. <laughs> Article 1992. Okay. Justification has been merited for us by the passion of Christ, who offered himself on the cross as a living victim, holy and pleasing to God, and whose blood has become the instrument of atonement for the sins of all men. Mm. Okay, that's one. Mm-hmm. Lock that away. Here's the next one. Although repentance is not to be rested in as any satisfaction for sin or any cause of the pardon thereof, which is the act of God's free grace in Christ, yet it is of such necessity to all sinners that none may expect pardon without it. Wow. So which, I mean, which of those, you know, which of those would you say is Protestant? Right. Well, the first one, I felt like I had some familiar notions. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot yeah. of emphasis on Christ yep. rather mm-hmm. than us. Yep. Um, the second one was very wordy and it felt like it doubled back and I started to... <laughs> kind of doze off halfway through. Um, so that first one, you know, mm, that sounds familiar. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I like that it's like focused on Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of emphasis. Okay. And the word merited, It's it says justification was merited for us. For us. Yeah. Exactly. Like not like we merited justification. Exactly. It was merited for us by Christ, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Well, believe it or not, that's the article from the Catholic Catechism. Wouldn't you know? Yeah. Article 1992. That is, you go, you go look this up right now. The Catholic Catechism is available online for free. That's article 1992 of the Catholic Catechism. Wow. That is what, that is the official, like if you are a Catholic, you are bound to ascribe to the teachings of the Catechism. Mm. That is the official teaching wow. of the Catholic Church. So a faithful Catholic could say we're justified by faith. The difference between Rome and, and Protestants is that we throw the word alone in there. We say uh, we're justified by faith alone. Because when you read that, I'm like, I feel like a lot of us can agree on really the heart of that message. Yes. It feels very yes. universally oh, yeah. loved. Absolutely. Yes, we can. And I would say we do. Mm-hmm. It's that addition of the word alone. We're yeah. justified by faith alone mm-hmm. that has caused the you know, confusion like, well, we and contention. That. Yes, exactly. And again, there's a whole episode on this, Sola Fide, yeah, um, you want to yeah. go back and listen to that, that would be helpful if you're interested. The article on repentance and saying that you can't expect pardon without repentance, which sounds like, oh, you need to do works yeah. to be saved, to pardon. That came from the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is kind of the pinnacle of Protestant confessionalism oh, right wow. there. So 
My point in doing that is to show us that the understanding of salvation and good works is just not as simple as Catholics believe we're saved by works and Protestants believe we're saved by faith. Yeah. Um, I would actually go so far as to say if you go out propagating that, like with conviction, that's slanderous yeah, to both people involved. It's reductive. And yeah. I have only ever really heard that in a way that was used to attack. Right. Exactly. And part of the reason I get so fired up about that is because, well, a couple of reasons, I guess, but one is I care about the truth. Mm-hmm. We're Christians. We should care about the truth. So we want to <laughs> accurately present the teachings of even people we disagree with. Yes. And it's fine to disagree with them, yeah. but we want to accurately portray what they're teaching. For sure. The other thing, too, about this, and this is more to avoid, like, shame and embarrassment almost, but, like, if all you do is beat up straw men your whole life, <laughs> and you go and you'd, like, talk to, and I've seen this happen, where you have, like, a very convinced Protestant who gets into a conversation with a Catholic and says something like, I'm going to get this Catholic saved, and then they go in and have a conversation, and that Catholic knows their teaching and knows their stuff. You will be embarrassed like you'll find you're not dealing with a straw you're like you're throwing fists with a steel man like that's like that would be like training like because i think it's worthwhile like um convinced catholics i can have interesting conversations with them and disagree with them and we have healthy debates Uh about why we don't agree on certain things but (laughs) if all you do is set up caricatures and beat up on caricatures and show how they're wrong that would be like training to box mike tyson Mm. by taking a few swings at literally like a straw dummy yeah and then getting into the ring and expecting to be able to box against Mike Tyson. Like, that's not yeah. gonna, that's not gonna be good. It's not gonna be good. It's gonna be bad. Mm. You might get your, your bit off. You know? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I like this whole time I'm thinking, how can I pull that into the conversation? <laughs> no, I agree so wholeheartedly. I don't really know what I can add to this aside from emphasizing like how much I yeah. appreciate that that notion because like you said, we we care about the truth and yeah. and I think in about accuracy in doing, mm-hmm. I think when you're having debates, which can be super helpful and healthy, yeah. whether you're critically examining something that you do disagree with or you're critically examining your own held yeah. beliefs, like, mm-hmm. you know, where have I gained influence from this or that that is outside of scriptural teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that criticism is done carefully and respectfully and is not... Yeah. Making a farce of the conversation, right? Because yeah. I think it it makes you look foolish. Yeah, and I think not only does it damage your position in making these like really reckless claims, but in a weird way, I think you're just kind of validating anyone who holds an opposing opinion. Yeah, because you're making your position look weak and unwelcome. Yeah, and it's so easy to come back at that, like you said, like if someone knows their stuff, you don't stand a chance if that's your disposition. So, right. for so many reasons, I think that like the accuracy and care yeah. in examining this is so important. It is, and also one other thing before we move on and actually discuss the issue at hand. We will do that, I promise. But it's also a great application of what's known in Scripture as the golden rule that Christ gave. Mm. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And part of why I'm talking about this particular issue on the podcast is like, I want the Protestant position to be accurately presented too. Like, Mm -hmm. I want what we believe to be accurately represented and taught. And so if I want people to treat me that way and like what I believe that way, Christ has told me, extend that same treatment to others. Mm -hmm. And again, to the point, like, that doesn't mean you can't disagree. just means disagree with what they're teaching. Like a faithful Catholic who knows their catechism will not agree with that caricature. They'll say, no, that's not right. We don't believe that. So anyway, when it comes to the specific character of Protestants that we don't believe in the necessity of good works for salvation, that's just not true. The issue at hand is not the necessity of good works for salvation. We believe they are necessary. We've taught that. You read any Protestant theologian who knows their stuff, they will teach that. The issue rather is the causal relationship between good works and salvation. That's the issue at hand. Okay. So, in other words, 
do good works contribute to your salvation or do they flow from it? That's okay. the question at hand. Yeah. That's closer to the heart of the issue for Protestants and Catholics. So, so you know, I'm not making this up. I'm going to pull again from the Westminster Confession because I think it's a good representation of a pretty wide body of Protestant teaching. So here's how the Westminster Confession frames the issue on its section regarding good works. These good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of the adversaries, and glorify God whose workmanship they are, created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end eternal life. So, in summary of that, you know, kind of archaic English, it was written in, you know, the 1640s. So, in other words, if a Christian doesn't have good works, they can't expect salvation. That's like the very end of that paragraph there. It says, Mm. having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end, eternal life. Like, there is a sense in which you have to have, well, that's just the book of Hebrews. You must strive for the holiness without which no one will see God. Like, you're not going to see God without holiness, right? But again, the question is, where does that holiness come from? And you'll notice that at the beginning of that section, the divines, the theologians, who wrote this tell us the source of good works is that they're the fruit of a true and lively faith. Mm. So the causal relationship is good works are necessary because good works are going to flow out of a regenerated heart that has really put its faith in Christ. Again, that's just the teaching, again, to make sure we're going back to the Bible as well, that's just the teaching of the Apostle James when he said faith apart from works is dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's also the part where the six-year-old version of myself gets worried about like how it's supposed to look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, is this adequate or what, what if it doesn't look like that over there? Or, um, you know, I'm, I'm not performing these grand works of note that I, that I read about or that yeah. I hear about. What about the people who are? Like, mm-hmm. are they more secure in their salvation? And that yep. sentence right there, what on earth? Yeah. Where have I gotten myself <laughs> when I'm asking that question? <laughs> so it's not like that surprising to me that works might be de-emphasized in some circles because it's like yeah. uncomfortable to think about. Out. Yeah, um, right. You can like get really carried away when you when you just blaze right past um, what you've laid out, and then instead look at the stack of implications that you think are. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's where the ordering does become helpful, is to say, yeah. of course, good works are expected, and repentance mm-hmm. and holiness. But it's not like those are the things that like. in a strange way, like, that is not what you contribute to be saved. It's like, that is what God enables you to do because you put your faith in him and because you are justified. So, yes, all that is to say is we do believe we're justified by faith alone. We believe that we do nothing to merit the righteousness of Christ. That, like, none of our works are ultimately capable of saving us. It's a gift to be received. But to put it in the words of some of the Protestant reformers, we are justified by a faith alone that does not remain alone. So, the reality is, is a justifying faith will truly change us. I mean, what happens in that moment is the Holy Spirit indwells our hearts, transforms us, and gives us new desires. I mean, so that we desire to please God. And also, in a sense, he enables us to be able to please God by our works. I'll quote the Westminster Confession again. Believers being accepted through Christ, their good works also are accepted in him. Notice that phrase, accepted in him. Not as though they were in this life wholly unblameable and unreprovable in God's sight, but that he, looking upon them in his Son, is pleased to accept and reward that which is sincere, although accompanied with many weaknesses and imperfections. Mm. So they're going to the point to say, like, even if you are justified, it's not like you're ever going to have like a perfect sinless heart this side of eternity. It's not like your good works will never be completely freed of 
the stains of impure motives or something like exactly. that, right? Like you're just so you true. can't do that. Mm-hmm. So what they're basically saying is like, don't like be fretting yourself about that because at the end of the day, when you bring a sincere heart and you do good works through faith in Christ, what God is looking at is not like, oh, well, like, well, well was that really righteous enough? Yeah. He still sees Christ's righteousness. That's kind of like, for lack yeah. of a better term, the filter that your works are passed through and that's why they're acceptable. So if you hear someone say that we don't believe in the necessity of good works for salvation, my point is, is that you take them to these chapters in the confession, Luther, Calvin, Zwingli, Butzer, all those great reforming fathers. And of course, any, again, any even modern Protestant theologian who knows their stuff. Yeah. You're just not going to see that. And you can tell them it's not a question of the necessity of good works, but rather their causal mm. relationship to them. So, yeah, that's it. That's, it. We've destroyed that caricature single-handedly. It will Done. never arise again. Never arise. It will It will be cast down to the ashes for have, all of we time. We have put to death the false representations. Yes. They're, they're done. <laughs> all in a day's work. No, we're uh, thankful that you uh, gave us your ear, gave us some time to listen here and let us talk about this a little bit. Hey, if you've enjoyed this, yeah. then it simply follows that a five-star review would be an honest outpouring. Yeah! You know what I'm saying? You Look at that! Saying? Apply! Wow. Apply this stuff right here. You know what I'm saying? You know what we could be practical. Oh, no, we would appreciate it. motives? Yes! We would give thanks to God. <laughs> That's true. And uh, if you have any questions on this or any other topic, or you have other caricatures that you've heard and you'd oh, like us to deal with those, yeah, you can shoot those over to us at podcast podcast at horizonschurch.net or you can interact with us on social media as always thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time mm-hmm.